Welcome to this edition of the FFSN post-draft series. Andrew Wilbar and I coming at you from the Steel Curtain Network. On the FFSN Network, we are giving you full draft breakdowns for every NFL division, every NFL team on how their draft played out. I'm Jeremy Betts. Uh, Andrew, come on in and tell us how you're doing, man, and give us an overview of what you thought of the draft. For this episode, the division we're covering is the AFC East. So tell us a little bit about what you thought of the AFC East drafts so far. It was interesting. I wouldn't say that they were the best drafted division overall, but as we get into the grades, you'll see there's one team I'm particularly high on. There were some interesting selections with each team for different reasons, but I think each team did get better in areas that they were weak. We see a common theme in this division. Every team addressed really their biggest needs. There are a couple teams where you could question, you know, maybe they had a large need that they didn't address, but for the most part, they addressed some of their major needs, getting their rosters to a point where by the time roster cutdowns happen, they can make a signing or two to complete that roster, make sure there's no glaring holes before the season starts. Should be a very competitive division. Absolutely. And we're going to start off right at the top with the defending AFC East champions, I believe three years in a row now for the Buffalo Bills. And I thought they had a good draft, Andrew. I really did. It wasn't as spectacular as some that we saw, but let's talk about your favorite pick from the Buffalo Bills. But before we do that, let me run down just who they took because we get an idea of of every player that they picked and what round. So in the first round, they selected the first tight end off the board, Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. And then in the second round, they brought in Osiris Torrance, offensive guard, who I thought that they might target in the first round. So good value there for them. Dorian Williams in the third round, linebacker out of Tulane. They didn't have a fourth round pick, so in round five they go wide receiver Justin Shorter out of Florida. And then two seventh round picks for the Bills. Nick Broker out of Ole Miss, an offensive guard, another guard uh, added to this offensive line, Andrew. And then at cornerback they selected Alex Austin with their final pick out of Oregon State. So a well-rounded draft. Um, They got some defense, but they really did focus – on the offensive side of the football, adding weapons and pieces to that offense to help support Josh Allen. What did you like about this draft? Who was your favorite pick? For my favorite pick, I've got to go with Dorian Williams. I love this guy's range. He's quick. He's very instinctual. He's willing to get his nose dirty. He's not doesn't have the greatest size, so there's going to be some times where you wonder, you know, is he going to be able to hold up in the NFL level as a tackler against the run? There are going to be some concerns. He's not the freak athlete that Tremaine Edmonds was, but I think he does help replace him. I think he's going to see significant snaps early on, only going to get more as the year goes along. I think he's going to have a, be a good pairing with Matt Milano. Again, this was not a great linebacker draft at all. The, yeah. By far the weakest part of this draft, which overall really wasn't that great to begin with. So being able to get Dorian Williams in the third round, I thought was excellent value, especially considering just the lack of talent at that position this year and the large need Buffalo had at that position. Yeah, the fact that they waited till the third round because they wanted to address some offensive positions and still got Dorian Williams, who I really liked. I didn't necessarily have him up with the top tier guys like Jack Campbell, Drew Sanders, uh, Trenton Simpson, but still uh, a guy that has that range, that athleticism to kind of mesh with some of those guys at the top. There was a pick, though, that we both really didn't like that well, and it was their pick at wide receiver. Dalton Kincaid, obviously, coming in in the first round, he's going to help out Josh Allen a lot. I think he's going to line up as their slot receiver most of the time, a true Y player at the tight end position. He's not going to come in line and block for you that much, but he helps the offense. A guy that 
I think that they drafted way too early, who I thought could even go undrafted, Andrew. Uh, wide receiver Justin Shorter out of Florida. You didn't like this pick either. Tell us why. Yeah, he's got tremendous size, six foot five, two twenty-five. He could be a red zone monster. The issue is that they passed up on a lot of talented wide receivers. And yeah. this name, we're gonna be going through every division. So if you listen to all of our division previews, you're gonna hear this name a lot. Bryce Ford Wheaton, guy yeah. who ended up going undrafted, got picked up by the New York Giants. If you want to go for a red zone guy, that's the guy you go with. You're a much more athletic, much more physical wide receiver. I just did not like the Justin Shorter pick. He doesn't have enough athleticism to separate late in the route. He's not a good route runner. When he's going vertical, he doesn't have that second gear of speed. You know, I, I it is nitpicky because it is a day three pick, but I just didn't love it. I I felt like Buffalo could have afforded to add maybe a smaller slot receiver, maybe mm-hmm. a round earlier. Maybe that's a, a position that they could have traded up for. I know this wasn't a great receiver draft, and I understand why they went the Dalton Kincaid route. He can play in the slot. They needed a slot receiver, and the slot receiver is available. I mean, there were talks about Josh Downs in the first round. They, I mocked Josh Downs to them in the first round. Yeah. It would have been a reach. So Kincaid makes sense for them in the first. But coming with Justin Shorter, I felt like if they were going to go the route of wide receiver in the later rounds, they should have gone for a guy who's more fit for the slot role. Absolutely. So let's talk value now. Who is the best value pick for the Bills in this draft? I think you could say Kincaid was value because a lot of, of people mocked him in the late teens, early 20s of the NFL of the draft. And then he was the, the first tight end taken, obviously. So maybe the fact that it was a deep class kind of pushed him down the board a little bit in the first round. But still landing him, that's good value. But you have somebody else as a high value pick, somebody that was taken on day three late that we thought had a chance to maybe go at the back end of day two even. Yeah, I like Nick Broker. I had a day three grade on him, but I expect him to go a little bit earlier than this. I'm not sure he's ever going to be a starting lineman in the NFL, but with his experience across the offensive line, he's going to be a good sixth offensive lineman for the Buffalo Bills. He can play any position on the line. Not the most physical run blocker, but he's a good pass blocker, has good feet, keeps his pads at a straight level the whole time. He keeps his pads square. He doesn't play too high. I like a lot of the technical aspects of his game. Upside, we can debate about that. But I think as a backup, this is the ideal guy you want. He can play any position in a snap, and I think he's going to bring some consistent play. So Buffalo Bills offensive line that lacked a little bit of depth heading into the draft. Yeah, he's he's not the biggest guy for an interior offensive lineman, which I think is what they're they're probably gunning for. Right. With this guy as a developmental piece on the interior, only 305 pounds, he can get out in space and he can move. And really, if you like, if you check analysis, most across the board, just a guy who fires off the ball real quick, who's got a lot of initial power. But uh, yeah, he needs some refinement, obviously. Better run blocker than he is a pass blocker at this point. So we'll see how that goes. But yes, absolutely good value in the seventh round, a uh, fifth round pick in a lot of cases in a lot of mocks that I saw seven round mocks, he was going in that, that early uh, fifth round, maybe even back into the fourth round. So a good value there for sure. Let's just kind of round this out, Andrew, with a a little bit of a grade for this team and their draft here and how you see um, them using this draft class to better themselves a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go with a B. I I like the Kincaid pick a lot and uh, probably more than others because Kincaid was my favorite pass catcher in this draft. Outside of JSN, I guess, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. So getting Kincaid was huge for me. Dorian Williams, a great pick. So I give it a B. What, what's your grade, and how do you see this draft class helping the, the Bills in 2023? 
I give them a B minus. They got guys that can contribute immediately. Osiris Torrance is going to contribute. Dalton Kincaid will. The reason I wasn't as big of a fan of Kincaid was because he can't block. I know that's not what Buffalo needs him for. They need a slot guy, but I was lower on him for that reason. I'm just not a big fan of the move tight ends. I prefer the guys who can block hmm. as well as catch. So I felt like they passed up on better tight ends and better value overall. I had a second round grade on Kincaid for that reason. But overall, like we said, talking about game, Dorian Williams, a guy who can contribute immediately. Nick Broker, a guy who's going to provide value. And we already talked about Torrance as well. So I think overall they helped out Josh Allen. And that was a, the key coming into this draft. Could have they addressed running back? Probably. I felt like, you know, once you get, once they got to that fifth round, there were still some good running backs on the board. They could have gotten a running back instead of the receiver, Justin Shorter. I felt like they missed out on an opportunity there. But still, overall, B minus solid grade for the Buffalo Bills. Absolutely. Let's move on to the team that gave them a run for their money in uh, the regular season, winning one of those games. And then also in the playoffs, if Tua Tungavailoa had played in that game, you'd think that the Miami Dolphins actually win that playoff game with as bad as their quarterback play was out of, uh, I believe, Thompson. Skylar Thompson, that's right, um, played the whole game for the, the Dolphins in that playoff game. But they had a, a pretty solid draft, I thought, and uh, you gave them a passing grade. We'll get to that in a little bit, but uh, let's talk about the Dolphins, your favorite pick from the Dolphins. Actually, before we do that, again, let me go back and and just read through every pick that they made. Actually, I think it was only four selections for the Dolphins uh, because they forfeited their first-round pick in the tampering with Tom Brady. That's well-documented at this point. So their second-round selection was Cam Smith out of South Carolina, the cornerback, and they brought in Devon A-Chain out of Texas A&M, the speedy running back um, at number or in the third round. And then skipping down to the sixth round where their next pick was uh, Elijah Higgins, wide receiver out of Stanford, then rounding out their four-man draft class with Ryan Hayes, offensive tackle out of Michigan. One of your boys, Andrew, but uh, tell us a little bit about your favorite pick in this of this class, Cam Sutton, or Cam Smith, excuse me. Yeah, there's not a lot to choose from. I went with Smith because I think he fits the scheme that they're wanting to play. Cam Smith can play in both man and zone. He's relatively versatile. I believe they're going to put him in a lot of zone situations early on in his rookie season. But he's a guy who can play opposite Jalen Ramsey as time goes on. Of course, they chose not to pick up the fifth-year option on Noah Igbenogany. So this is an opportunity for Cam Smith to cement a starting role moving forward. I felt like it was a solid value for him. At the Combine, a lot of people knocked him because he was not confident at his platform interviews. And he's like, and one of the guys asked him, are you, are you, why are you not comfortable up here? And he's just like, I, I just don't like talking about myself. Now you can take that as a wrong thing and say, you know, well, the guy's not confident, whatever. I did appreciate the fact that, you know, he's, he's not going to be a diva on you. He, he isn't about himself. He's a team first guy. And you can see that when you watch him on tape, I like him for that reason. He wasn't my favorite corner in this draft, but for what the dolphins needed, I think he's a solid pick where they got him. Yeah, one of the the best movers, the the smoothest, yep. most fluid movers in the draft class. You and I know sat watching the combine, just how fluid he was in his change of direction skills. He's going to be a good piece for them. Uh, a pick that I actually liked, Andrew, you have as your worst pick in the draft, and obviously not much to choose from. Other areas where they could have helped themselves a little bit more, but the selection of of a chain, the running back, the dynamic running back, probably the fastest guy in this draft class. Have you ever seen a faster team than this Dolphins team? Yeah, like you said, there weren't that many options. It's not necessarily that I hated the pick, and A-Chain's not bad value at 84. 
and this is totally a scheme thing. I know that mm. this is the type of guy McDaniel wants for his yeah. offense. But looking at in the broad scheme of things, they've got speed backs already. They could have afforded to add, say, a Chase Brown here, which I thought would have been an excellent pick. I know he slipped a good bit in the draft, but I think he would have been an excellent pick here to complement what they already have in the backfield in Moster and Wilson and some of the other guys they have there. I feel like that would have been a better pick. Not awful, but still, because there's only a few to choose from, I'm going with A-Chains just because I feel like he's – Maybe a better version of what they already have, but he doesn't bring anything to the table they don't already have. What McDaniel is trying to do, what the Dolphins front office is trying to do here is just put as much speed, as much take the top off the defense and, and as as much big play explosive ability around Tua Tungavailoa as they can because they realize some of his limitations. He's more of a kind of a dealer, a point guard at the quarterback position. He's not going to run around like Patrick Mahomes and throw guys open and and all that, but if he can just deal and get the ball in these guys' hands, they can make plays. I understand the philosophy behind it, but you're right. They do have players in place, especially Mostert, a track star in his own right. But let's talk about your favorite value pick. Obviously, it's your Michigan man, Ryan Hayes, for good reason, not just bias there. Tell us why you like the offensive tackle. Hayes doesn't have the longest wingspan, so there's a chance he could move inside. I think he's going to play right tackle to start off in the NFL. But again, Austin Jackson, they're not picking up the option. With Liam Eichenberg, the jury is still out on him. There's a lot of concerns. I believe Hayes, when you look at his tape from his early days at Michigan all the way through 2022, he's one of the most consistent offensive linemen in the country. Not a super flashy guy, but a guy who got the job done, played left tackle a lot for Michigan this past season, did a really good job of keeping J.J. McCarthy clean. I like his feet overall. He's a little bit stiff in the hips. He needs to loosen up a little bit. But overall, I do think this is a good value in the seventh. I believe I had like a fifth round grade on him. So I felt like this was solid value getting him in the seventh round when really it was a lot of people were talking about the offensive line class as a whole really was not that great of a class. It was okay at the top. But as you got into the later rounds, you know, value became – few and far between but i thought it was a solid pick for the dolphins in the seventh round you and i have the same grade on this draft class so tell us what you gave the dolphins and how you see these players assisting the team in 2023 with their goals i gave them a c plus it's obvious that they want guys that are going to give them a push to win now it's so hard in the afc though right now there's so Mm -hmm. many good teams in the afc so many teams with good quarterbacks i just don't know if this moves the needle enough to put them over buffalo smith yes he's going to give them another option at corner he may end up starting if they don't like ignogany a chain he's going to be a piece in that offense but i don't know how much he really Mm -hmm. contributes his rookie season when they still have mostert wilson some of these other guys I gave it a C plus. Obviously, not having that first round pick hurt them. They tried to make the most of what they could, but overall, this was not one of my favorite draft classes. They would probably be in my bottom ten overall. I would expect this team to be in the playoff hunt by the end of the year, just because of the players that they have. As improving a lot through the draft, this might be one of the the teams that we you can kind of fairly say they didn't really help themselves out too much. They're relying a lot on continuity and more years in the system for a lot of these guys to to improve and be a better team. So uh, let's move on to the New England Patriots, who are one of the intriguing studies of this offseason because they're on that fringe of are they good or are they going to be bad? We don't really know. I thought they had a decent draft, though. Andrew got some good value picks throughout the draft. 
they traded back with Pittsburgh from 14 to 17 to select Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon in the first round, who many thought would be gone, maybe even top six in this draft. So to me, that's good value. Keon White out of Georgia Tech, defensive end in round two, who fell down boards from his super hyped up energy at the beginning of the draft process. But Marte Mapu, third round out of Sacramento State, inside linebacker. Jake Andrews in the fourth round. Chad Ryland, place kicker. They traded up for Chad Ryland, the place kicker out of Maryland in the fourth round. City Sal out of Eastern Michigan in the fourth round, offensive guard. Another guard in the fifth in Antonio Maffi. They had four sixth-round picks, Kayshawn Booty. Booty. And then they drafted a punter, another specialist, Andrew, in the sixth round, Bryce Barringer out of Michigan State. Demario Douglas is the wide receiver out of Liberty. Amir Speed out of Michigan State, another Michigan State dip there at cornerback. And then Isaiah Bolden out of Jackson State, cornerback as well. Lots of players, but just kind of filling depth holes and maybe even roster slots. With some of these guys, how did you feel about this draft? Who was your favorite pick for the New England Patriots? This was a typical New England draft. Trading back in the first, getting some value picks that everyone's like, they could be really, really good. And you have those few head-scratching picks. What in the world are they thinking? Who is this guy? It's, it's just how every New England draft seems to go. My favorite pick was Jake Andrews. Obviously, they have David Andrews at center right now. Uh, I absolutely love Jake Andrews' potential to be a – a long-term starter at center, whether it be with New England or another team long-term. This guy has played a lot at both center and guard. This guy's got versatility. He's tough inside the trenches. He is a good mover. He's able to get to the second level in the run game. Absolutely love this guy. I had a third-round grade on him, if I remember correctly. This guy is going to be a good center in the NFL. I was hoping my Steelers would potentially take him if he fell a little bit further. I didn't expect him to go this high. A lot of mock drafts had him going lower. But I think this is a great pick for New England. He's the perfect fit for that offensive line. They needed more depth along the interior. And they did this, not just with Andrews, but with two really good guards they got on day three as well. But Jake Andrews is by far my favorite pick for New England. That offensive line needed some help coming into this uh, into this draft, and they addressed it with several picks. And you got to like the value that they got with some of these picks, like you're saying. But let's talk about your least favorite pick. Yeah, well, considering they got him in the third round, and Marte Mapu was 384 on my big board. So it was quite, quite, quite a reach. This is a very Bill Belichick pick. He's going to find a way to utilize him. If anyone's going to utilize him correctly, it's going to be Belichick. He likes these hybrid guys. Mapu, I just the reason I struggle with this pick is he doesn't have the size to play linebacker in the NFL. Bill Belichick's done a lot of exciting things, but I don't know if he's ever made a 215-pound guy a linebacker who's going to be playing almost <laughs> full-time snaps. Yeah. The, I mean, this guy just does not have the size. He didn't test extraordinarily well. He doesn't have the greatest straight line speed, but when you do watch his tape, he flies to the football. He plays faster than his time. The The concern, though, again, is speed. Can he hold up at the NFL level? Do you move him to safety? Do you try to play him somewhere else? I think the, the Patriots will experiment with it, and I think this is a good fit for Mapu. I just don't think they needed to take him in the third round. I had a seventh undrafted grade on this guy for a mm. reason, and that's just because I don't think 215-pound guys can play linebacker at the NFL. We're, we're talking about a team who, on defense especially, almost epitomizes the positionless football thought that they like, but for the most part they like some of these guys that are versatile pieces that they can kind of just throw in wherever. Bill Belichick always loved those guys, players that – play a little faster than their their times maybe their athleticism would 
or their athletic scores would indicate. That to me shows processing. I think you see that on tape, that he processes pretty quickly, has fairly good instincts, but you're right. For a 215 pounds, he's going to struggle handling the middle of the field as an inside linebacker. They're going to have to find a role for this guy on this defense. And picking him in the third round means Belichick has a vision for what this guy could be for their their defense, but it's going to be interesting to see if it works out. Your best value pick was one of the six six round picks, I believe. Um, Amir Speed, the cornerback out of Michigan State, their final pick in the sixth round. Yes, tell us a little bit about Speed and why you like him, why you think he's good value for the Patriots. Well, he lives up to his name for one. He ran a 4-3-3 in the 40 at his pro day. He's fast. He's physical. He's athletic. His tape is not the greatest. I think there's a chance he ends up moving to safety. He has the size for it at 6'3", 200-plus pounds. Hmm. I think he has the size to move to safety. That might be where he ends up going. But he's he is a high upside guy. This is the type of guy you take in the sixth round, a guy who has starting potential. I could have gone a lot of ways. Isaiah Bolden's in a similar boat to Amir Speed. They're almost the same player. When you look at them, I think both of them could end up moving to safety. But I do want to mention one thing about Antonio Mafi as well. I wasn't extremely high on him personally, but I know that Chip Kelly has a good relationship with Bill Belichick. And Chip Kelly has stated that he believes uh, between John Gaines and Antonio Mafi, he says Mafi has the higher upside long term. Mm. And we saw how well Gaines tested. So I think that yeah. says a lot to the upside Mafi brings long term. He's a former defensive tackle and up moving to the offensive side of the ball is only played one year along the offensive line. So he's still learning the position, but I think he is a guy that could develop into starter for new England down the line. Another really solid pick on day three. Yeah. Massive dude at almost 340 pounds. He's a people mover on the interior for sure. All right. That wraps up the new England Patriots. Tell us. Yeah. Tell us your grade and what you think this class can do for the team in 2023. I gave him the C plus as well. Christian Gonzalez was good value in the first round. Still concerned about his physicality in that system. He's not always willing to tackle in the open field. Keon White, he's a good fit for New England. But again, that Mapu pick, big red flag. Trading up for a kicker, Chad Ryland, in the fourth round. They did need it, though. I do like Beringer, yeah. the punter they got. But just some of the picks just were head-scratching early on, especially the Mapu pick. I've got to give it a C plus for that reason. Yeah, I give it in that C range as well, just – you know, they got some good players. The fact that they got Christian Gonzalez again at 17 when he was projected to go as early as the top five is pretty good. Like that pick that they were able to secure that for their defense. But the fit does give you some concerns as well for him uh, because of the lack of physicality kind of that you would see on tape. But yes, absolutely. Patriots, I think, got a little bit better on both sides of the ball. But we will see how it goes for them in 2023. Let's talk about the upstarts in the AFC East. And not necessarily because they're young, although they do have good young talent. It's because they added an all-star quarterback to their roster this offseason. One of the few teams to really improve drastically at the quarterback position. Jets brought in Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. He is now and New York Jet, if you can believe it. There was enough talk about it beforehand that uh, I hope you can believe it. But anyway, the Jets looking to go from, ooh, they're a good story in 2022, that defense is good, could be special, to we're a Super Bowl contender in 2023. I think they view themselves that way. And, Andrew, they had a good draft. I think you like this draft the best of the AFC East teams. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Let's talk about this draft 
Will McDonald, the fourth out of Iowa State, was their pick in the first round after the Steelers jumped them to select uh, Broderick Jones. And there's been talk that they were going to go Will McDonald all along, but that is something we will never know for sure. Adding Joe Tittman in the second round, fantastic pick for them. They needed some help on the offensive line. Getting a center to to come in and and really be a a top-tier guy, that can be a, a big thing for them. Carter Warren, the offensive tackle out of Pittsburgh in the fourth round. Israel Abanaconda out of Pittsburgh as well in the fifth round, the running back. Good value there. We'll talk about him in a second. Zaire Barnes out of Western Michigan in the sixth round. Jarek Bernard Converse or Converse in, from LSU in the sixth round as well. And then Zach Kuntz, the massive athletic tight end out of Old Dominion in the seventh round. Good value there as well, Andrew. It's hard to pick just one pick that you like the best and one value pick in this draft class. But uh, let's do it. Who's your favorite pick of this group that we just read off? I'm going to go with Israel Bonaconda. I had a late second, mm-hmm. early third grade on this guy. This guy is a great runner. And when you, he is athletic. He's got sub 4-4 speed. He can do anything on a football field. He's got decent vision. He's a decent pass catcher. He's serviceable in pass protection. But as a runner, man, you give him a running lane, he's gone. I, I absolutely love this guy. And he's he's not just this tiny little scat back either. 5'10", 215. He mm-hmm. has the build to play three downs in the NFL. And I, I'm not saying everyone's going to agree with this, but I believe that whether it be this year or next year, Israel Bonaconda is going to prove that he is a better running back than Brees Hall. I believe that at Whoa. some point he is going to beat out Brees Hall, whether it be because of Brees Hall's injury. If, if it, I'm telling you right now, Brees Hall gets injured, and Abanaconda steps in as the starting running back, I don't think he's looking back. I don't think Brees Hall ever gets his job back in New York. Abanaconda is a good runner, and he's going to prove it early. I think they're going to have to feed him early on because this guy is legit. Yeah, I likened him in style in the pre-draft process. Not necessarily saying he will be this, but I likened him in style and and build to Ladanian Tomlinson, just the way he he moves, the way he runs his his cut on a dime ability fantastic player i'm not going to go so far as to say he's better than Brees hall i think hall had a lot of hype coming out of college as well they've got one of the best if they both live up to their potential one of the best one-two punches at running back in the league here soon as well so you didn't like the other pick out of pittsburgh for them necessarily in the fourth round carter warren the offensive tackle tell us why i'd like carter warren but i felt like it was a slight reach probably due to the fact that they hadn't addressed offensive tackle yet. And this was the this is the big reason why mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to leak the grade right now. It was an A minus. The reason they didn't get an A was because I don't feel as if they did enough to address the offensive line. But then again, the board didn't fall that way. The Steelers traded up to get Broderick Jones a pick before them. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do anything about that. And they did what they could. Will McDonald was a great pick in the first round, I think. He's a great fit for their system, but they got a guy to fit a need, I felt was a slight reach. The guy can pull. He's a willing run blocker. He's a good run blocker. But I do have concerns about how well he's going to hold up at left tackle long term. Does he have the it to be able to stay at left tackle? Does he have enough awareness from game to game to be able to play on the left side? Not sure. But the it's still a position of need for the Jets. Maybe they can get by for one more year. But you want to protect Aaron Rodgers. You got to find some way to protect him. There's still some options out in free agency. We'll see what they do. But I feel as if they're going to need Makai Becton to play this year and play well at left tackle. I'm not sure Carter Warren cuts it. Yeah. The offensive line is probably their biggest question mark. I think especially where you're talking about on the, on the outside at the offensive tackle positions for sure. 
Andrew, this tight end class was so deep that Zach Kuntz was picked in the seventh round. I mean, good grief. This guy is is not a seventh-round pick as far as athleticism goes. He is a fantastic player and size, athletic build. He's your best value pick. Uh, is it all about the the testing, or do you see more in his game that he can be a potential contributor to this team really quick? Yeah, I, all I can figure is how he fell was because he was pretty much a non-factor in Old Dominion's offense. They just didn't use him. He was formerly at Penn State, ended up transferring, only had 12 catches for 144 yards this year. I think he had two touchdowns of those 12 catches. This guy is a good football player. When you watch him, he moves well. He isn't going to block anything. He was asked about, what what's your biggest issue? What's the biggest struggle being six foot eight? He's like, keeping the pads low as a blocker. And that's going to be something he's going to struggle with for a while. But he does show a willingness to block. I wouldn't be mm. surprised if he develops into that. The Steelers had a tight end a couple years ago, Zach Gentry, a lot less athletic player, but a guy who was an absolute, I'll just say it, an absolute joke in just about every aspect coming out of college. I'm a Michigan fan, so I can say that. He struggled as a blocker. He couldn't do anything right. But the Steelers worked with him. He transformed his body, added weight, and became a really good blocker the past couple seasons for the Steelers. And I think when you look at Koontz, he has the athleticism to be a starting tight end in this league. And the Jets, they could use pieces there. They've had mm. Conklin. They've added different pieces at tight end throughout That's the past the couple seasons. They don't have that guy. Yeah, I think Koontz can be that guy in time. Maybe not year one, but he's six foot eight, two hundred fifty-five pounds. And he has good hands. Just throw it up high, and this guy's going to catch it. And he's got four, five, five speed. These guys don't grow on trees. I thought this was an excellent grade. I had a third round grade on him this was one of the steals of the draft i think the jets got a great pick here this guy has a chance to be a starter for a good long while for the jets these guys may not grow on trees but they grow into trees and that is definitely zach coons all right you gave us your grade already it's an a minus so zach coons you think could probably fill some kind of role in his first year but it's probably a a guy who's going to need some time to develop a little bit uh, some of these other players, though, you, you see could have immediate impact roles. So your higher grade reflects that. Who are some of the guys that you think step in right away as key contributors for the Jets this year? I think it's a year Barnes. He's athletic enough to step in immediately and a, kind of a weak side linebacker role. I know the Jets have transitioned to a little bit more of a 3-4 scheme, but they're versatile. They have some hybrid schemes. Uh, I'm curious to see where they play him. Jarek Bernard Converse is a guy he'll, he's going to contribute on special teams immediately, and it wouldn't shock me if he sees playing time by the end of the year. Four-year starter at Oklahoma State, transferred to LSU only because that was his dream to play at LSU. So he transferred for his fifth year of eligibility, play at LSU, had a great season, tested well at his pro day. This is a guy, he's got every trait you need to be a starting player at the NFL. I'm not sure he becomes a starter, but he's a good depth corner for the Jets, and they need it. They have Sauce Gardner, and they have some other guys. But adding an extra depth piece is always needed, especially when you're in a division that has Tyreek Hill a division yeah. that has Garrett Wilson, a division that has, well, Garrett Wilson is on their team, obviously, but <laughs> you have Juju Smith-Schuster. And yeah, yeah. you. this is the division that is known for good receivers, Stephon Diggs. This division has good receivers. He's going to be going against Garrett Wilson in practice some, I, I imagine. Not, you know, often it's going to be a lot Sauce Gardner. They're going to be facing each other more and more. But mm-hmm. I feel like this guy is going to be tested in practice. This guy is going to come in, and as time goes on, he's going to see more playing time. He's in the athletic corner who has the smarts to be a player in the NFL. Yeah, and the Will McDonald pick, to me, he's a guy that as soon as he hits the field in training camp, he's going to just start getting rave reviews out of Jets camp. He's going to have like 
uh, obviously different side of the ball. And, you know, speaking as a Steelers fan, uh, George Pickens like chatter about him probably coming out of camp just because of the athleticism, how quickly he can bend. It's going to be very interesting. If the Jets had and any issues last year, it was a consistent edge rush. And maybe Will McDonald comes in and fixes that for them along with Barnes to kind of give you some, some juice in the pass rush there. So that is a wrap on the AFC East and their draft classes. Uh, this was the FFSN draft recap for the AFC East. My name is Jeremy Betts. That was Andrew Wilbar. We're going to keep rolling these out. We're going to have NFC East next up for you. We'll see how it goes after that. Andrew, I hope you have a great afternoon, evening, and we will talk to you later. For Andrew Obar, I'm Jeremy Betts. This has been the FFSN Draft Recap, AFC East Edition. Time to stop and check out.